Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Batter Listeners, welcome back to A Pod of Their Own. This is episode 70 of A Pod of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Linda Surovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Kellyanne Healy. Hello, Kellyanne. Hello, hello. How is everybody tonight? <laughs> I'm great. Sorry, that was my- yeah. That was my crazy seduct- seductive voice again. Seductive Welcome. voice again. We love it. Um, I'm yes. doing great. Um, we're, we all have, I think we all have various drinks in hand. I am currently drinking a um, a screwdriver made with vanilla vodka. I highly recommend it if you have not tried this before because it tastes like a creamsicle. Cool. Yay. Um, we're drinking because, well, we're drinking for various reasons, some of which we may get into, some of which we may not. However... The celebratory reason that we are drinking is because the Mets have Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco on their team, you guys. Oh, my God. That was so out of left field, but so wonderful. I know. It's amazing. I I love it. This team, I mean, this this organization, it's like. It's it's funny how like it's a departure from the from the way the Mets operated before in like every conceivable way, not just because of the trade itself and the impact that this trade might have, but because we had no idea this was coming because oh. the old the old regime leaked crap all the time. And this new <laughs> regime is just like, 
oh, just going to casually drop a Francisco Lindor trade like 15 <laughs> minutes before it actually happens. Because like that, the time period between when Jeff Passan tweeted and when it happened was like 20 minutes, I well, think. Al- yeah, Allison, I thought of you because he tweets... The Mets are deep into talks to trade for Francisco Lindor. Like it's the buzzword. It's the, the buzzword. <laughs> yeah, like Marking I said, your bingo cards. You look for diff- You look for certain buzzwords. That's how you know it's real. Like intensifying, deep into talks. Those are the ones that mean like an hour later you're gonna get the actual like, trade terms. When I saw that, I was like, wait a second. Those wait. are the buzzwords Allison mentioned. I was like. Is this really happening? And then, like you said, like 15 minutes later, like the names were being dropped. I was like, oh, my God, it actually is happening. Is this real life? Yeah, like, oh, my is God, like, what is fancy? going on? See, my, my thing is I think it was done the day before and they just probably say because so, there's no way it happened that quickly. No, yeah. No, I'm sure it was already done. Um. I I will I, I feel like this is a very much a moment I'm recording for posterity because it's like a where were you when sort of thing. Um but the story of me finding out about this trade is pretty funny because I had and I tweeted about this in all caps right afterwards, but I had one parentheses one meeting that day and it happened to me <laughs> that the trade happened during my meeting. And so I was unaware of all of this. So like when Jeff Passon tweeted, I did not see it. I was in a meeting. Oh no. Um oh, and God. a virtual meeting because I work from home like a lot of America. Um but um Michael was not teaching class at that moment. Um I think it was like in the afternoon after his yeah, day it was, was around lunchtime. Yeah, around lunchtime. Um and he he was either between his last his second to last class and his last class or his last class was already over. But he he like he was in the office, I guess working and he like sp- like I hear the door to the office open and he just like <laughs> sprints out of the office into our kitchen and like I work at the dining room table which is like right next to the kitchen in like the living dining area so he he goes into the kitchen where like the the like my camera my zoom camera can't see him but I can see him and he starts like flailing his arms at me (laughs) and he's like wildly flailing his arms at me and I'm like in this meeting camera on trying to pay attention and he's just flailing his arms at me in the kitchen and he starts dancing like wildly like like doing a happy dance in the kitchen and so finally like after like a certain amount of flailing I just like I just say Excuse me one moment. I take my headphones out and I just go, what? (laughs) And and he just goes, the Mets. And I was like, they signed George Springer. And he goes, it's better than that. (laughs) And I was like, what is it? And he goes, you traded for Francisco Lador. And I was like, what? (laughs) And so like the people on Zoom could like see me losing my mind. Yeah, like, how do you even go back to your meeting after that? I, like, barely could. Luckily, it was just, like, a rather informal, like, I wouldn't have taken my headphones out in the middle of a meeting if it was, like, a super, super, like, important, but it was, like, a, it was, like, a one-on-one with a colleague about something, and so it was just Uh, me and this one other person, so I'm just, like, so I'm just, like, hang on a minute, Amanda. (laughs) Just, like, take my headphones out, (laughs) and I, like, came back, and I was, like, sorry, the Mets just did something, like, really really big and she was like oh i don't blame you that all my colleagues know about the mets and my relationship with the mets so i i just remember um 
Michael talking to us in our Slack and saying, should I interrupt Allison's meeting? And I think we're all like, yes. <laughs> you, so, you spurred him to do this. Like, Mark, she's like so unaware. Like, this, like the Mets universe has shifted and Allison doesn't know. I should have right? detected a disturbance in the force. Yes. <laughs> like, this doesn't happen in, like, ever. 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 Not in our decade, this last decade at least. I mean, so for for those of you who are either living under the, a rock or got so excited that you blacked out and you don't remember anything, um, the Mets sent Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez and prospects mm. jo- Josh Wolf and Isaiah Green, who are, by the way, for informational purposes, the seventh and thirteenth best prospects respectively in the Mets system, according to the Amazing Avenue list. Obviously, like various prospect lists, depending on your sources, differ. Um, slightly but you know they are not they are in the top like 10 to 15 realm but they are not in the top I th- I don't think anyone would argue that they're top five prospects like they are mid-tier prospects which in the Mets system is honestly not that great like they would not neither of these prospects would would probably crack Cleveland's top 10 after being traded there um so you know like prospects but not like Not the Mets, what you would call untouchables, although I hesitate to use that term with almost any prospect, but the the guys that you really don't want to part with in the Mets system, which are not that many, but they exist, um, but they're not in that tier. So two of those type of prospects, and then obviously two major leaguers um, in Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez. Um, Oh, I won't lie, Andres Jimenez hurts a little bit, because I've been saying, okay, trade one of them, but not both. And both went. Well, but that I means think... you have to extend him. Well, you, you have, have no yeah, you have to. You have to extend him at this point, or that was, that was like, that's not a good move. No. Um, and I, I was just, I was just frustrated, especially with Jimenez, because Jimenez is still a baby. I think he's, what, 21? Let me check. I always have to check in the middle of things. He's young. Um, he's, yeah. but but he's, a, he's a baby in terms of his... But if you think about Francisco Lindor, (laughs) exactly. If you think about it, like his ceiling is not Francisco Lindor. Exactly, literally. Like even if Andres Jimenez lives up to be a hundred percent of his prospect, like his a hundredth percentile outcome is still not as good as Francisco Lindor. And I say this as someone who's a big fan of Andres Jimenez. Um, Francisco Lindor is about his. 125th percentile outcome maybe his 150th percentile outcome um so like it's it's definitely i think that the fact that they sent both shortstops to cleveland means that the mets are fairly confident that they can extend francisco lindor i don't think that they send both shortstops i think that that is a signal that they feel fairly confident that they were gonna that they are going to extend I mean, nothing's a guarantee in this world, obviously. Um, But but Lindor has already said that I believe like they're talking and it's going to he either wants to know something before or like during spring training or in the off season. He doesn't want to worry about it in season. Yeah, he made very clear during the press conference that he does not negotiate contracts during the season. So if this is going to get done, it's going to get done pretty quickly um, within the next few weeks. We hope. We hope. Um, well, I and- think the Mets had to give up both because the Blue Jays didn't have, I think, like Cleveland an MLB ready shortstop to give Cleveland. 
Oh, the Blue Jays. So I think it was the only way the Mets could beat the Blue Jays' offer was by giving them both. And honestly, like the like Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez are both going to be starting players in Cleveland now, given their current roster situation. Because <laughs> I believe one of them is probably going to play second base, and one of them is going to play shortstop. Because right now. They don't have either of those two positions filled, really. So I have a feeling they're both starting, unless they, yeah. unless Cleveland makes another move um, or graduates Downfall. a prospect. I can't claim to be familiar with their system, um, but I think I think if you look at this trade, it's it's pretty incredible that the Mets did not have to. They give they gave up major league talent, yes. But it's pretty incredible that they did not have to part with the likes of a Dominic Smith or a J.D. Davis or a Brandon Nimmo in this trade. The fact that they avoided mm-hmm. those things is pretty incredible. And you got both. I think people are ignoring the fact that Carlos Carrasco is not a throw-in. He's not no, some like no. secondary piece. Not only does he fill a desperate need of the Mets, he is a bona fide number two starter. He is a very good pitcher, and they got a potentially franchise changing shortstop who may be in Queens for the next ten years, and a number two starter for two for a shortstop who has not quite lived up to his prospect type, but is still a major league player. A potentially budding solid shortstop and two prospects that we don't know their potential yet. Like, I think that that is pretty incredible. <laughs> it's also kind I of think... amazing to follow along like on Twitter. Cause Strowman, we love our online team. He's like, Oh yeah. Like, let's go. I think he said, I'm so turnt right now. He said, I'm so yes, turnt I'm right totally now. That's literally then, what he said. And then he had the same reaction. He was like, Carrasco too. <laughs> Yes, and then I think it was all of us and like just living it out in real time, and like it was that just added like another element to it was seeing how excited he was and like how like even McCann was excited and and I think Carrasco today said McCann was the first one to text him and like just seeing how excited the players are like it's contagious you feel it like as a fan you feel it now the players feel it and like. Like, you just want it to be spring. Trevor Syndergaard May also... tweeted too, right? So did Trevor May. And yep. he yeah. and Trevor and May just... Peterson. Um, and Trevor May advertised the jerseys too. <laughs> yes. Which I keep oh saying... God. I keep saying I will resist buying a Lindor jersey until he's extended. I will resist, but it's very hard. <laughs> and, and I don't that, think they and... have women's sizes yet. No, they don't. But, at, at the, but I think... I think they like obviously have to sign Lindor or I think um, giving up both Rosario and Jimenez was too much. If he if he signed to a long term contract, it's not. But until that happens, I will be apprehensive. I'll be the contrarian. Because Carrasco, they have him for, I think, another three years I mean, losing. I would have traded this hall for Carrasco alone. Somebody said that they said this hall was good enough for Carrasco himself, and we got freaking Francisco Lindor along. I mean, I think that like there's a difference between like evaluating this like talent uh, like position agnostically. I guess is the way you could put it. Like the talent that we gave up is such that this trade is a heist. 
I think, even if they do not extend Lindor. It's definitely a heist if they do. But yeah. obviously, they they traded both of their players that could play shortstop. So in that in that aspect, if they don't extend Lindor, they they I wouldn't say that it makes this trade a failure, but it it creates a problem for them. <laughs> yeah, it, it 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 yeah, it's not like a bad trade. It just lessens it to me. Lessons oh, and, bit, yeah. And Trevor, I love Trevor May's tweet when this, this <laughs> when he found out it was like almost finalized. He was like, this would make it impossible for me to face him. And I'm cool with that. Yeah. Yep. Very, very cool with that. I got a kick out of that. Yeah. I love our team. I love our online team. I know. Our team is just going to be so much fun this year. Um. Like the per the personalities are just so energetic and funny, and I hope there are some pranks that we see in the dugout. So dances, I'm just really I'm really excited on all levels for this right now. And also, I apologize that my voice sounds a little weird right now. I'm a bit congested. <laughs> You're good. Um, Thank you. I I. It's funny because one of the first things that Lindor mentioned in his press conference was how excited he was about the clubhouse environment. Yeah, um, which which I think is a testament to the fact that he knows and everybody knows like how much fun our team is and how much like these guys are just really good guys and a really good group of guys to root for. And can we talk about for a hot second, speaking of good guys to root for how the acquisition of Carlos Carrasco means that we don't have to talk about Trevor Bauer on this fucking podcast ever again. Oh my God. Yes. It is my sincere hope that this is the last time I mentioned Trevor Bauer on this podcast. Oh, and then he had a whole post about like, oh, what does this trade mean for the Mets? I'm like, oh, you are so desperate. That's so adorable. But you're, you're mad. Yeah. Stay With mad. The Mets cap. But I think, and I think you the whole th- your hands and of, like all of the rumors this week that he's asking for like the highest possible yeah, more than um, AAV. Like, uh, uh, no, just no. I mean, you Miss can me take with his. That. You can take his 2018 into account you can take his 2020 into account which i am hesitant to do that because it was not a full season it's a small sample size and then you're talking that he's going to make more than kershaw he's going to make more than cole he's going to make more than Degrom. he's going to make well, more everybody's than making more than Degrom. <laughs> yeah Sadly. i know but you're going to make more than shirts or like no because those are far superior, far superior pitchers to Trevor Bauer. So, uh, where was it? Oh, I I oh. tweeted. Yeah, I'll toot my own horn. Um, what? Because Carrasco said like he really wants to help New York because there's people in need, and he, you know, he gave back in Cleveland, and he really wants to do that in New York too. So I was like, oh, you know, we're so lucky to have him because you know he's a good person. And then I was like, he survived cancer. Yeah. And I'm like, we're lucky to have him. I feel sorry for whatever loser team signs Bauer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Do you want, do you want a, like, an online warrior women harasser YouTube barstool adjacent bro? Or do you want a literal cancer survivor Roberto Clemente award winner? Hmm. Really difficult to decide there. And then he also said that the, he like, 
That was so adorable. He was in a full uniform for a Zoom. Oh, my God. And he said the uniform was really important to him. I was like, oh, my God. Crying. Would literally already run through a solid yes. brick wall for both of these dudes. Oh like, my I'm God. so excited. I'm Ugh. so excited, you guys. Also, also during his introductory press conference, he wore this shirt with um, the gate to Harvard University. I found I, we finally found out what. Oh, university that was Lindor. Yeah, yeah, Lindor wore Lindor, the Harvard I'm shirt. I'm sorry. Did I say Kresk? I'm sorry, but um, yeah. Jumping back to Lindor's press conference for a second, it was because uh, we were we were in the chat trying to figure out. Um, what university it was from. I was like, oh my God, this gate looks so familiar. What is it? And where is it? And I thought, and I thought like immediately it was going to be like one of the New York area ones. So I was like, is it Princeton? Is it Rutgers? Is it Columbia? Cause it was definitely like a colonial style gate. I'm like, what is this school? So I was very excited to find out it was Harvard. It was a great shirt. As it, an it was a very thing. good shirt. I liked yes. it a lot. And can we talk about the little boy who was so excited oh that they god. got the door? That oh my god, that tears my heart. Oh, that was oh so. And god. then he had a Zoom with Lindor today. Like, yes. oh my god, like my heart is so full. Like, like I think we've said like they're probably and like just like good dudes. Like they're probably in like the top one percent of the league. Like the whole team. Yes, the good guy team. Yeah, it's the good guy team. The Mets are the good guys. Everybody, Mets are the like, good you know guys. Like, no, like in '86, the bad guys won. Can this be like the opposite? Of- <laughs> Can this just be the won. good guys won? Yeah, that would be great. Um, yeah, it's for those of you, and we will we'll link the we'll link the videos and tweets in the in the show notes and in the tweets. But for those of you who haven't seen it, you should check it out. There's a video circulating around online of a little kid um, who was like his his parents like filmed his reaction to the Lindor trade like basically they decorated I guess behind his back they decorated his room with like Lindor stuff like Lindor to the Mets and they like made a sign um and so they like had him open the door to his room and he saw that like saw Lindor to the Mets and all this like Lindor Mets stuff in his room and he he started crying (laughs) it's the cutest thing I've ever seen with his glasses oh my god oh like, he's so adorable and then like i guess the, the video went viral enough that lindor saw it and so he skyped with him and was like i'm so excited that you're happy to have me on the team and we're gonna send and he you was some showing stuff. him his card oh it was so good well then no this, well, you know not to be buzzkill but that pissed me off because like how does baseball not see this and realize just what baseball means to kids. And that's their next generation of fans. And it's not this corporate bullshit that they're turning the game into. Like, it's not numbers. It's it's people. And they make connections with their favorite players. Like, this little boy obviously did. And it just and it, it's, it it's pisses just... me off. No, but it's great that the Mets are kind of shifting to that and appealing to the fans, especially with you have so many teams shedding payroll and baseball generally not marketing its stars. And this is just the Mets are making themselves a very enjoyable team off the field. And I'm so excited to see them on the field once we we get started. Talk about how they have seemingly revamped to their social media too like they're actually kind of fun now mm-hmm. yep like they put cookies on cookie carrasco's like scoreboard like what like the graphics on the scoreboard like everything yes. about the team is just high quality and top-notch 
And even, you know, when they, like, an insider was talking about the trade and they're like, whoever made that trade trade for Cleveland should be embarrassed and they should be fired. I'm like, wait, there's embarrassment and it's not associated with the Mets? Like, the Mets are on the other end of that? Like, Shoes on the other foot, man. Yeah, and, like, and, it's, and that's it's, happened... It's weird. You have to change your mindset now. They're, the Mets are like kind of like the top tier that people want to aspire to now. I, especially since they're not showing any signs of shedding payroll. No. Um, and they're one of the very few teams. Was it Lindor? One of them mentioned Cohen in his press conference. Like I he think, said, with I the new owner Lindor. coming in, there's excitement. So it's two now. It's Lindor. I mean, I Marcus Stroman definitely said it was Stroman a, it was a factor in him accepting the qualifying offer. And and Syndergaard said it that I think it was like, oh, we're going to have an owner that treats us, or he hopes we have an owner that treats us like players and not, oh, what was the tweet? Like, not commodities. Or, yeah. Yeah. And I think McCann might have mentioned it too. So it's like there's just been this whole cultural shift and i was tweeting with somebody today because he was like wow yeah you because i was like you know multiple people have mentioned world series now like i could get used to this like carrasco said it mccann said multiple world series and so it's like it's only been a couple months into the cohen era it could be like this forever for i mean it's not all gonna be rosy but but I think I think a part of that is, and I I've mentioned my issues with Cohen on the podcast before, and I still have those issues. But there's no denying that he is a true fan of this team and does want to invest in it and is investing in it and kind of doing what the fans want to do. But he's got the power to do it. So and doing it the right way too. Like. Yes. You know, yeah. investing in, you know, a good front office and, you know, revamping the front office and getting good players, just I, wanting to win, wanting to win and not being in it to make money. And I do think that I do think that it, there needs to be this kind of unwillponing of your <laughs> of our collective psyche because, yeah. um, because like. You have people where, like, obviously all the talk on, like, Mets internet now is about, like, a Lindor extension. What could it look like? What would the terms be? And you have people still being like, well, you know, he's going to ask for Manny Machado money and he's not quite Manny Machado. Look at the wars year to year. If you add up the career wars and it's like, literally, who cares? <laughs> like, we need to unwillpon our brains, everybody. I know that in the willpon era, this is stuff that we, like, kind of trained ourselves to have to care about because, like, if you did a Lindor extension under the Wilpons, that would preclude them doing, like, anything else for years. Yes. But that is not true anymore. And we no, need to no. not care what Francisco Lindor makes. We need to not care. But I, don't, I think, I think that mindset is something that's going to take a while to it get is. out. Just because it is. We're just all because we all have a lot of PTSD we're all guilty of it. Just because we've been dealing with it for decades. Well, Elliot, <laughs> you might know more because you're in the comments more. But I think Chris wrote an article, and he said one of the comments on his article was that they should rebuild in 2022. And he was like, "They just traded for Francisco Lindor. They're not rebuilding." 
I know. I actually haven't been in the comments in a bit just because I've been dealing with some life stuff, but I will go check. Wait a minute. What even mentioned rebuilding? This is a Oh, no. We we have a few commenters that uh, have some interesting takes. That's all I will say. What are you rebuilding? (laughs) I just, like, you, I promise you, I know you've been hurt, Mets fans. I feel you. I know you've been hurt, but you do not have to care about the owner's wallet anymore you don't have to no. care. that era is over we need to we need we need to expect more and we're getting more right now we need to keep expecting more yes and to keep it up too like there is no cap as much as andy martino tweets there's a cap there is no cap yeah See, and, and if there was the, we do the luxury if, tax yep. threshold no who cares nope. nobody cares is- this is this is Call the other frustrating thing right dollars now. This year, even after he sold, he he basically recouped all his money. But he's fine. I mean, and this is the frustrating thing right now because SNY is still owned by the Wilpons, so there's going to be kind of a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a disparity in the information that comes out from the Mets and comes out from SNY at this point. Yeah, that'll um, be interesting. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, and I, Because I think the general idea is that Cohen's going to buy the team when SMY's contract is up. Which I think, and I forget what year. I want to say it's like 2026. I could be wrong. Um, but the, the general chatter is he's going to buy it then when he renegotiates the TV deal. So I really want SNY to get on the same page as the team. So, and not be the state media as we have called it in the past. Yes, yes. that's yep. not How- changing. But however, SNY just uh, tweeted out about 15 minutes ago that former MLB reliever, which they spelled reliever incorrectly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, former MLB Oops. reliever. Carter Caps will join the Mets as a minor league pitching coach and coordinator. Cool. Okay. Welcome. Oh, welcome, welcome, right. welcome. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, then, then it also did kind of suck that Hendricks signed. Yeah, but there are uh, relievers out here, out there. Brad Hand's still out there. I would like, I would really like him on the team. That would be pretty sweet. And there have been uh, rumors to that regard, but not, not any. Again, none of the buzzwords have been used yet. Just rumors. 
Um, yeah. I have to find my bingo card. <laughs> it was a good bingo card. Buzz- buzzword bingo card. <laughs> the buzzword, buzzword bingo, bingo card. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Oh my god. Um so the other thing that is so Linda brought up um uh, well Kellyanne brought up state media and then Linda brought up Andy Martino and I I do want to briefly talk about some a couple of other things that Lindor said in his presser that I think deserve attention um and one of them was a, in a response to an Andy Martino question I'm not using this as a, an excuse to roast Andy Martino although I was slightly irritated by the question not oh the question God, itself just but... the way he worded it because he always has to like sneak in some condescending comment when he says things which is so irritating but no it's okay to it's okay to roast Andy Martino yeah you're right it is Ugh. but he so he wanted so he asked Lindor about COVID um which I think is a totally like good thing to ask and fine but he asked it in like a really condescending way he was kind of like you 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 exuded such maturity about COVID where did this come from for a 26 year old because he asked him about it and he kind of was trying to get him to throw his teammates under the bus which was the other thing because he asked him about it in the context of his two teammates in Cleveland that broke protocol last year, um, Clevenger and Zach Plesak. So he asked them about, he asked Lindor about like, how'd you feel about that and stuff like that. Um, and oh, but you, you had such a mature response. Where did that come from? And I was like, he was 26, not like 13. Like what? <laughs> um, he's in a grown ass man. Um, but anyway, but we've seen, but we've seen grown, grown ass people just kind of ignore True. Protocols. Like, True. I'm just going to say uh, Alabama won the off topic, completely not Mets related. Alabama won the national football championship. And I just saw this clip of, oh, my God, thousands and thousands of people squished into the seats. And it was like, oh, no, 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 oh, no. This is going to be a super spreader event. Yep. But um, so in response to that, Lindor's response to that was incredibly good and thoughtful. And like he went, I think it was, I mean, like, and I I tweeted this at the time, but people can correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't sit there with a stopwatch, but I think it was his longest response, like longer than any of his responses about the trade, the organization, baseball stuff. He went on for a long time about COVID and you could tell that he really cared about this and he refused to take the bait. He didn't throw his teammates under the bus. He said, they're good guys, but sometimes people make mistakes and they made a mistake. And he was like, I take this very seriously. I have a, I have a fiance and a young daughter and I don't, I understand that if I catch it, it might not be a big deal for me, but it'll be a big deal if I give it to someone else. And he, and he was really thoughtful in that response. And that was just, that was just a moment that stuck out to me in his press conference because it was different than him talking about the excitement and all the baseball stuff, which is super important. But the fact that he, you know, had, had such a good response to this COVID thing was also really good. And the other moment that stuck out to me in his presser was um, he got asked a question. I think it was I I'm not sure, but I think it was from a Cleveland reporter, not from a New York reporter, because the way he asked it made it seem like it was Cleveland because he was asking him about like, you know, it, what's what's going to be tough about leaving Cleveland and things like that. And he he brought up that like the stadium staff and like how he knew all of their names and how it was home to him. And like the reporter brought up that he thanked each and every one of them after the playoff game when Cleveland lost. And he just went through the tunnel and like thanked all the stadium staff and he knew each of them by name. Like that stuck out to me too, because like this is clearly a guy who like cares about, you know, 
the people around him and not just, you know, his own stardom. Like he, this is not just some like diva. <laughs> not, and not just cares about them. He realizes like all of the work they do and that they're really kind of his best friends, all the workers um, that don't necessarily, you don't see them. They work behind the scenes, um, taking care of the field, taking care of making sure um all the bases and the the diamond is ready each day and the people that um make sure the fans stay safe the people that clean up i mean that's really really uh, great because so many people don't do that well i think even <sighs> carrasco today said i guess when he was diagnosed with cancer like lindor was you know, one of the first ones to, like, come up to him and be, like, you know, a good support system for him. And he had a really good quote, and I can't, I can't find it. But, yeah, he just seems just, like, an awesome teammate, an awesome person. And, you know. With an just, awesome smile. Yeah, with an awesome <laughs> Mr. smile. Mr. Smile. Like, easy to root for. Yeah, Mr. Smile. And who's also very good at creating his own hype videos. <laughs> Amen. Keep the hype videos coming. We love them. Yeah, all in on the hype videos. But I think I'm trying to remember the I'm not going to get the exact wording right of the quote that Lindor said. But when he was talking about the stadium workers, he said something like they all enable me to live out my dream of just playing baseball. Mm. Like he's very cognizant of the fact that him playing does not happen in a vacuum. And he's like very grateful. And that just makes me so happy to have someone on my team that is like that and not to be continue to be on this soapbox but it is a complete juxtaposition with how trevor bauer conducts himself like yep. he trevor bauer is all about trevor bauer all the time by the way I, you I guys should check out chris chris mcshane's tweet about because he tweeted the gif of like when bauer threw his little temper tantrum on the mound the way lindor did yeah, like a double take a in the background yeah. and just like stared him down oh it's so perfect because you can tell that lindor like was not about that. <laughs> and apparently, Trevor Bauer, I did not watch his video. I'm just getting this secondhand. He mentioned that in his video and said Francisco Lindor kind of ripped him a new one in the clubhouse afterwards, which, which, good for that, just war- that warms my heart. I think, I think the other thing, and this will be probably the last time I personally mentioned Trevor Bauer, is that he's, if he's truly asking for like a really high AAV, um, he's gonna, he's gonna kind of not get any t- team to sign him because we have so many shedding payroll. Um, I think the, he's already there, honestly. The Mets have have signed, I think, all their starters. I would like to maybe see them sign Kluber and take a chance on him. Um, but so many teams don't want to take on these big contracts right now just because of the pandemic and their quote unquote lost profits. Um, and I'm not totally buying that, but that's a different can of worms. So we will see if he's even signed by the time spring training starts. Yeah, yeah we'll honestly, see. he. I think he overplayed his hand. I thought he probably thought Cohen had money. I think he was desperate for the Mets. And I think now he's up Shit's Creek. Because who yeah. else is going to give him what he's looking for? And then now, if he has to sign for less than that, that's a huge, you know, 
blow to him and his it makes him look girl silly. boss agent who's changing the game. Yeah, it's a, it would be an embarrassment for both of them. It if makes them it makes them look that. silly. It really does. It does. It does. And I think I am here for it. Okay. I know, but I think asking for that much money to begin with, even if he's not actually asking it, it's like in the public, it's on public record that he huh? seems like it. Um. Oh my god, I lost my train of thought. No, but that he, um, there we go, it came back. That he asked for that much money, I think, is already turning teams off to him, and that's already turning a lot of fans off because, I mean, there are just so many better pitchers than he is. Oh, and he won't shut up about it, too. Ugh. The day Mets Twitter turned on him was actually a beautiful day. I know. Yeah. Ugh. And but yes, that those are my final words on Trevor Bauer. Yeah, we will never speak of he who must not be named ever again. <laughs> yep, we don't have to because we have a better pitcher than him on our team. And we got Francisco Lindor too. So, hell yeah. yeah um, peace out. Peace out. But like, I think that I really hope, though, in the grand scheme of things, that, you know, and that, that video of that little boy we already talked about is just like, just the perfect example and the perfect, like, you know, bastion to hold up for this is that i just hope that the mets like can change the paradigm and show that the answer to growing the game is signing good players it's not like it's not being the it's not being the tampa bay rays even though the tampa bay rays do succeed and they do win it's at what cost it's at the cost of growing your fan base and getting kids invested in players that they grow up watching only to watch them leave after three years that's not what you want you want to keep your franchise players and i mean obviously cohen is in the best financial position to do that right now of almost any owner if not every owner in baseball probably every owner in baseball but it's I will be the biggest critic of the Wilpons until the cows come home. They were a terrible <laughs> ownership group. I hated they them. They were. But one thing I will give them credit for is that I do not think that a Francisco Lindor trade would have ever happened. Not, I'm not talking about the Mets. I'm talking about like a Cleveland-style unloading of Francisco Lindor ever would have happened under the Wilpons because the Wilpons at least – were cognizant of holding on to their franchise players. They managed to do it with David Wright. They managed to do it with Jacob deGrom. Now I hope that Steve Cohen understands the same thing and extends Lindor and understands that this is a a once-in-a-generation opportunity. These players do not grow on trees. Francisco Lindor is a top 10, if not a top 5, player in baseball. You have to extend him. I believe he's top five right now based yeah, on, he is top five. Based on the yeah. stats. I think it's basically like based Trout on one, bets two, and then it's basically like the group of like Lindor Machado. And Yelich. Mm. Yelich, maybe? Yeah. Yes. Even though Yelich is a terrible had year. But he's still really But good. like, see, that, that's the whole thing. 2020 was such an anomalous season. Because it was shortened, players were broken, uh, broke their normal routine. So we saw saw a lot of excellent players not have great seasons. Um, yeah, I don't know how much you can really judge. Even Lindor did not have a like a typical Lindor season last year, but then Carrasco really good, had though. like the best year like ever. So, <laughs> so it was hard. To know it's, what's real and what isn't. 
It's absolutely, it's just, yeah, it's difficult to judge the season because it was 60 games. Um, pitchers had, about lunch. I'm sorry. We, we said we weren't going to bring him up. Jeez, Linda. He wants you to base his whole like career on 11 games. Yeah, he sure does. But like, it's just, it's still, I still have trouble like, like absorbing all this and having it sink in because this is like, this is something that hasn't happened since the Piazza trade. This is something that, like, you know, uh, fans of our generation, like, the Piazza trade was the big moment. I feel like that put the Mets back on the map again. Yeah. And, like, this is that for this new generation of fans, for that little kid and his entire yeah. generation. This is that well, moment. No joke that after the trade, the next night, I woke up, I want to say 4 a.m. I sat up straight up in bed and went, Lindor. <laughs> Literally, though, it's the thing that makes like, you like, wait, that was real. <laughs> I didn't dream that, right? I didn't dream that. That really happened. <laughs> uh. And then, you know, we're all on Twitter, obviously. And, you know, seeing fans of other teams being like, oh, I wish I were a Met fan, or can I join you? Or, like, that excitement was contagious, like, you know, every team could do that, and they just choose not to, and you're just alienating your own fan base. Meanwhile, like, the Yankees are a poverty, poverty franchise and can't even meet <laughs> DJ LeMahieu's asking price. It's so delicious. If I love he it. leaves, I I'm going to laugh so hard. Him. I hope. Either I hope Blue Jays or the Dodgers, I think. Yep. yep, it's so delicious. It's, like, so good. I mean, oh, I'm going to laugh. Even but, so, but, the Mets like the Mets still have like a couple things that I'd like to see them do to f- to finish things. Out. I mean, I'd love to see George Springer. <laughs> That'd be great. Yes. Um. But like, even as things stand right now, if the Mets did nothing else, they are a top three team in baseball. Like on paper, obviously, got to play yeah. the games, and who knows what'll happen. Um. But like, it, like who who in the National League besides the Dodgers is, like, very clearly better than the Mets. It's basically the Dodgers, the Mets, and the Padres are, like, the three good teams in the I National think the And the Braves. Are, yeah, Braves. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. the Braves, yeah. The Braves are good. Like, who beyond that is trying? Uh, the Nationals kind of. Yeah, the Nationals are being weird. This yeah, season. they are being weird. <laughs> They're being weird. I, like, I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't know what the Nationals are doing, and it makes me feel weird. <laughs> I don't think anybody knows what they're doing at this point. I think they're trying to compete but being cheap about it. Yes. Yeah, they're kind of doing like a Mets off season a little bit. Like oh yeah, they're the Wilpon Mets off season. Absolutely. Yep. A little bit. Yeah. Like I think it was Thomas who was like, "Do they realize Schwarber is bad now?" <laughs> <laughs> and then they tweeted like Natitude, like, "Oh, these are our bombers." And it's like, <laughs> "Yeah, but we have Francisco Lindor, bitch." <laughs> yeah, it's like really. Um, but Good like, luck with your attitude. The the entire NL Central is just like a garbage fire at this point. They're not even trying. None of them are trying. None I mean, the Cubs are. the Cubs traded Darvish and they unloaded all their payroll. They they like didn't they didn't they even attempt. They want to trade Brian. Yeah, they want to trade Bryant. They Contreras now, or they want to trade him to the Marlins. Something about Contreras, and they like, and they obviously non-tendered Schwarber, who ended up signing a contract for probably more than he was going to get in arbitration anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. Like somebody wild. pointed out, the whole like Contreras to the Marlins situation is hysterical because the Cubs want to get rid of him because they don't want to pay him 
and the Marlins want him, but they don't want to pay him either. (laughs) Yeah. And it again rounds rounds back to so many teams just crying poor because of the pandemic. And the Phillies, the Phillies still cannot like have yet to retain JT Real Muto, who's like, I don't their franchise player kind of right now. And I don't think they're going to. I don't think so either. They keep saying they're trying, but who knows? I mean, they're clearly, if they were trying that hard, it would have happened already. Because JT Real Muto, it's one of those situations. Because like Francisco Lindor is the same. If the if the if I was gonna I was about to call Cleveland by their former team name, I need to stop doing that. Ugh. If Cleveland wanted to keep him long term, they could have easily done it because they knew his number and he like clearly wanted to stay in Cleveland. I think he was fully prepared just to be Cleveland's franchise player. Like, he mm-hmm. was fully prepared for that. And Cleveland just did not want to meet his asking price or, like, probably even come close because it's clear based on his press conference and the way he's been talking about it that he was like, I wanted to stay and they just didn't want to pay me, basically. Yeah. So it's kind of like at Mets, like, if you just pay him, he will stay here. Yep. Yeah. Well, and also, I know we've mentioned this before with the Phillies, too, Um you know, Bryce Harper has been very vocal about them wanting about him wanting them to keep to keep Rayo Muto. So it's like, and you know, Muto how long to before want to stay. he gets disenfranchised with with the Phillies? Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot sooner than we think. I mean, like they've already they were had already their really bad moments. Last year. Yeah. And I won't, I won't lie, I'm enjoying that so oh, much. yeah, there's a <laughs> level of, you know, satisfaction in that, not gonna lie. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like, J2 Rumuto has also made it kind of like Lindor with Cleveland. Rumuto has made it abundantly clear that he he wants to stay in Philadelphia. I think that that, I think that, that would be his first choice, but he's not gonna just stay there for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Nor should don't he. seem inclined to pay him so we'll see what happens there but um Even i remembered when we did the podcast with brian and we were talking about who our choices were you know who we wanted them to sign and i remember he said you know he preferred the mets to sign Rayo muto because he was like how often does the best player at his position become available like not often so you might as well take advantage when that happens and the Mets did that with Lindor. Yeah, the Mets <laughs> did that with an entirely different position. Yeah. Another premium position. I mean, I would say yeah. that that catcher is a premium position, but shortstop is also a premium position. So, and they have yeah. the best shortstop in the game. Yeah. So how, like, when was the last time the Mets had, like, uh, DeGrom, obviously, duh. But <laughs> they actually, like, went for the best player at their position. Like, was mm. it Beltran? I guess. Yeah, that's probably I mean, that's the last time they made a free agent signing of like a player because like, again, this is the other thing that makes this like once in a lifetime is that like you are acquiring a player at his peak. Like Lindor is literally at his peak right now and you are acquiring him at that time. I think that the last time that they did something like that was Carlos Beltran. They signed him when he was, you know, really good still. Um so I think that that's probably the last time. And then, like, obviously before that, Mike Piazza. But was Beltran considered, like, the best at his position, though? At center field at that time? Yeah. Probably. Um, like, I can't think of anyone see. off the top of my head 
No, I can't either. Because like Andrew Jones was already was like, on the out decline at that back, time. At that point, yeah, on the way down. Tory Hunter was he was good, but I don't think he was as good as Carlos Beltran no. during that period. Let's see. I think Carlos Beltran was the best center fielder in the game at that point. Let's see. Hang on. I can't really think of anybody else. Okay, this isn't have by position, which is annoying. (laughs) I'm looking things up on Fangraphs and PRAF. I mean, not to be snotty, but it's New York. You should have the premier players. Yes. You you should you I mean, shouldn't be you shouldn't be crying poor because you're in yeah. the biggest media market in the country. Exactly, and the it, Mets are it, finally it, operating like a New York team New York should team. operate. I mean, no, and, and New no York sports offense. has been kind of embarrassing for quite a long time right now. Yeah, seriously. And I mean, no, no offense to the rest of the teams across the country, but it it is the fact that New York and the New York metropolitan area are so densely pop- populated and um, they're the most like densely populated in the country. So yes, we're going to have a big media market. Yes, we're going to have uh, a lot of money around here. So, and it should be spent. Well, and also it's, you know, you look at, I don't know, maybe even the past 20 years, it's all L.A., it's all Chicago, it's all Boston. Like, those are all huge markets, and they all got their championships, so why haven't we gotten ours? Yeah. Like, yeah. they acted like big market teams and all won championships. So why can't New York do the same? And well, it's embarrassing. Our, like, we our keep previous losing owners to were. Our previous owners were tied up with a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> yeah, and just, hang that off. It's baseball, it's football, it's basketball, it's, you know, it's hockey. You know, why are New York sports I, I so embarrassing? Say, I was going to say, I don't know because I don't follow those sports. I, like, keep my eye on the New York Red Bulls right now just because there was... Actually, I don't think that player is even on the team right now, but there was, like, a really cool player that I liked and I've met. Um, we did grab somebody from Fordham a couple of years ago, but I don't know if he's on the team. <laughs> but he was really cool, and I knew his family because I like taught his daughter for a little bit, and it was just awesome. <laughs> yep. Sorry, that's my little anecdote of knowing so a player Red on the Red. Yep, the Red, Red Bulls. Bulls. Also, Red the Red. The Red. This is going like, to like have they won like a championship or anything recently? No. Oh, no, okay, but so I could join the rest of us. <laughs> but I was going to say, I think I just have a special fondness for them because, and this is going to totally tell where I live, their um, training complex is fairly near me, as are the is the Jets complex. So, <laughs> steer yeah. clear, steer clear. <laughs> I was going to say, Allison, you and Michael should come up because Michael would enjoy that. Yeah. And you can visit me. Yay! Because I missed you guys. A suffering Jets fan, he would enjoy <laughs> uh, the training facility. However, but yeah, it's 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 just it's it's exciting. Like this is a new era of Mets baseball, and I can't wait to see it play out on the field. I'm very excited about it. Um, it sounds too. like the players are too, which is yes. It's a fun, uh, it's, fun time to be a fan. Finally, not embarrassing. I mean, and this, and especially since hopefully. Spring training will start on time, whether it's with or without fans, um, has yet to be seen. 
Um, I think we're all leaning toward the idea of there are going to be at least some fans just because they're going to try and recoup some pr- uh, profits and some money. So, well, City we'll Field is becoming a vaccination site. So, which yeah, is really cool. Which that is, is really a really cool. cool thing. Yep. So that's good. Um, hopefully we get some shots and some arms and then we can get some fans in the stands. I mean, Rob Manfred already did say, did come out and say to expect a 162 game season. But of course, he's going to say that he's Rob Manfred um, and it is in his best interest to say that. Um, but, you know, well, for well, once, I hope that man is right, even though I despise him. Yes. <laughs> but I, My but sentiments. I think. Exactly. You know, I don't know if I said this on the podcast or not, because once again, I've had wine. Um, So I might be repeating myself, but um, I think he desperately wants a legitimate World Series winner. Because if you look back at the last, you know, five years... Uh, 2017, there's a question about the winner. 2018, there's a question about the winner. 2019, okay, fine, we'll give the Nationals whatever. Eh, but, but then they were, I was say, they were, they were they, named in that that possible suit where uh, people were teams were cheating. So it, nothing ever came of it. But there's still that little shadow of doubt. So he's the head of a sport where since 2017. Every World Series winner might not be legitimate. So I think he desperately wants a full season where the questions can stop. But And it would be some good PR for him. Yeah. For sure. For sure. <sighs> even though he doesn't deserve it. No. And even <laughs> though his last World Series also turned into a super spreader event. but that's, Very cool. That's it. Yeah. Yay. Um, so, <sighs> speaking of, like, wider baseball things, I do just want to bring up, like, one brief topic. We knew this was going to be a very Mets-heavy podcast, given, uh, and we, we recorded this on a Tuesday that we wouldn't normally be recording, but we felt like we had to, because obviously we want to share our excitement with you all. Um, but there is, like, one baseball thing I did want to bring up briefly, um, which is that, um, legendary Dodger Tommy Lasorda recently passed away, um, and that- Ugh caused you know some discourse so uh obviously Dodgers fans you know feel feel some kind of way about Tommy Lasorda he's a big big time Dodgers legend like you know huge franchise icon um for for those fans um the way you know I kind of feel like a lot of them probably feel the same way that the Mets fans felt when Tom Seaver passed away um but he leaves behind a rather complicated legacy and I feel like that those things deserve to be discussed. Um, he, for example, refused to admit that his son was gay and his son eventually died of AIDS complications. And like, that mm. is something that no one talks about when it comes to Tommy Lasorda. Um, and he's also, you know, has a history of making, you know, somewhat racist remarks, not somewhat straight up racist remarks. Um, for example, he told a Korean fan to go back where he came from. Like, basically, he asked a Korean fan, like, where are you from? And the fan said Korea. And he was like, why don't you go back where you came from? Um, so, you know, that's sort of old white man racism that we're all too, unfortunately, accustomed to. Um, so, I don't know. It, it's just, it's part of the wider theme that we've discussed on this podcast before that just because someone is a franchise legend doesn't mean they get a free pass for this sort of behavior and And, i think that 
Um, There was a recent New York Times piece by James Wagner that elicited a lot of discourse because on one hand people thought it was really thoughtful because like it did mention the whole like legacy he leaves behind of like refusing to admit his son was gay but it was a rather you know like painting over it a little bit and giving him the sort of benefit of the doubt of like this is just what those times were like during the AIDS scare um, of the 80s and like this is just how things were and everyone was afraid and all this stuff and it's just kind of like well like I don't know if you can give everybody that pass just because times were different. Yeah. He was his son. I just, I know, you know. Well, I, know. I mean, it's his son, but we, we still see it today. Yeah. Some of the highest demographics of homeless um, people are our children and teenagers that have been disowned by their parents for being for being gay for being lesbian or trans and bisexual and um we have seen high profile people kind of support those causes although they are few in and far in between like the first person that comes to mind is b arthur of um the golden girls she was a huge um supporter of um, trans shelters and donate a, lo- a lot of money throughout her career. But it's it's still a big issue today because we don't see any any gay or bisexual or transgender players in the major leagues right now. Um, well, and how many players have been suspended for using the F word in their Twitter accounts? Yes. And I think I think there have only been one or two players in the league that and i think one was forced to be closeted wait now i gotta look this up because <sighs> uh, he he was very open about it um when he was in there however he was not allowed to like come up um come out publicly and it was glenn burke that was who it was um yep. Glenn Burke, who was who played for the Los Angeles Dodgers um, and the Oakland A's, let's say, and he did that in 19, 1976 to 79. Who was the coach then? I'm curious. Wait a minute. If it was Tommy Lasorda, I can't remember. And, to, and actually, going back to Tommy Lasorda, he actually has one of my favorite baseball quotes um which i'll get to that in a second but he coached for the dodgers from 1973 to 1976 so he was there for one year overlapping with with glenn burke so who knows how he reacted to that um but going off of that for a second kind of going to a more positive thing and he was a very controversial character so there was good and there was bad and this quote that I like is, no matter how good you are, you're going to lose one third of your games. So 54 games. No matter how bad you are, you're going to win one third of your games. Again, 54 games. It's the other third that makes the difference. And I just, I really like that quote. Um, just because it, it kind of gives that balance to baseball where, yes, um, you're going to lose some and you're going to win some, but um, th- the best teams are going to figure out how to win that other, that other third of the, 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 that other 
third. And that's what makes championships and playoff teams and then teams that are kind of tanking and not doing as well, which teams aren't doing as well that aren't doing as well. Excuse me. Um, it's more due to the fact that they're trying to, to tank rather than they're just bad teams and they're not trying to lose. They just can't collect those wins. So he, yes, he obviously is a very controversial character, but I do like that quote. Yeah. Um, so I just figured it was worth acknowledging on the podcast that these aspects of him are too often whitewashed and we need to. Yes. And I think in the era of like right now with Hall of Fame voting um, and everything um, and talking about guys like Kurt Schilling and, you know, Barry Bonds and um, and the Chris like. Gal. Um, exactly. Talking about those those figures. We need to remind ourselves that just because these these figures may be products of another time we can change the narrative now and we can change how we look back at their legacies now and we don't have to just because they played in a different time or like everybody was doing xyz thing we have the power to change how we evaluate these things and we can and we can take the hall of fame and actually use the character clause and you know, not everyone deserves to be held up the way that these, they don't deserve the pedestals that they're being put on always. Um, no. You know, just because that they were star athletes or coaches or whatever. So it's it's something that's worth thinking about, um, you know, that these guys aren't perfect and sometimes they're far from it. So, um, but speaking of Hall of Fame voting... Um, in given the recent, you know, um, the way that Hall of Fame voters have glossed over domestic violence, um, Uh and, and (sighs) continue to allow abusers into the Hall of Fame and vote for them and say they feel bad about it, but then just do it anyway. Um, we decided that we wanted to, um, do something about it because we were all feeling, you know, this like consternation about it. Um, so we decided to put that consternation to good use. Um, and we started a, um, a fundraiser so we're doing another you know a kind of mini dollars for dingers but not based on any you know home run amount it's just anybody who donates money to the national domestic violence hotline or a local domestic violence charity or women's shelter what have you of your choice um anybody who donates in any amount between now and february 23rd um we will enter you into a prize drawing to win some Mets memorabilia that we have lined up for you guys. And on the podcast on February 23rd, we will do another live podcast and we will have a drawing and it'll be super fun. Um, so if you haven't donated already, please do so. Any amount helps. Um, just, yeah, um, we really want to raise some money and we already have, I think I have the tracker up right now. Uh, let me just open that real quick. We have already raised $567 wow. uh, since we first put out the call on Twitter and on um, and on our last show. So, and then some things happened that myself might have gotten lost and yeah. buried. <laughs> then, then Mets fans got distracted by a certain trade that occurred. But our fundraiser is <laughs> still happening between now and February 23rd. So it's not too late. Um, any amount. 
any amount helps. Um, so yeah, we already have $567 and that was within like days of announcing this. So you guys are freaking awesome. Thank you guys so much. Let's keep it going. Keep raising that money for victims of domestic violence. These charities need it more than ever. Domestic violence is such an acute problem during this pandemic. So it's not just Mm -hmm. the hall of fame voting that spurs this on. It's, you know, People, domestic violence victims who are already in such precarious situations are now even more trapped in these situations because of the pandemic. Um, And it's, you know, it's exacerbating an already really terrible problem. So these charities really need your help. Um, Yes. Please, please, please. If you and and just because I know I'm just going to say I'm actually donating to the Jersey battered women, uh, Jersey battered women's services. Um, that's primarily based out of, um, Morris County, New Jersey. Um, and they have a lot of different programs. Um, the 24 hour hotline, safe home, transitional living, legal advocacy, crisis response teams. And that's just their like safety ones. They also have support, um, counseling services, child and adolescent services. So many of these programs have been suspended due to the pandemic. So any, any donations right now are going to go a long way. So and if you and even if you can volunteer your time, see if you can volunteer virtually. I'm gonna try and find out if I can do like some virtual story times for the kids. Um, just because they're this whole pandemic has been very difficult on children um, across all demographics, just because so many uh, children are learning virtually. Um, but especially those in at-risk families need, need a little care and need to see that people do want to support them and help them and, um, donate, uh, learn how you can help go to the, go to websites of local shelters, go to the national domestic hotline to find, um, out more. And that's my little spiel. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Just just because I w- I was like just looking at the Mars the J um JWBS and I was like oh my god these shelters just do so much yeah, yeah. and and in particular though th- that one is just so close to my home so um it's something that I would love to just help beyond donating money so amen. Amen. Um, and you can and do, and like just volunteering your time making to me making a difference in even one person's life makes such a difference. Yes. So, yeah. Even changing <sighs> okay. one life is worth it. Yes. Um, so, any amount of okay. money or time that you can give. And if you and if you donate your time, we'll still enter you into the yeah. into the raffle. Just give yes. any sort of like and you can uh by the way, send like proof of your donation, either in the form of your time or your money, um, I'm sure that they'll email you or like give you a physical receipt of some kind. Um, so just send a screen cap of that um, to you can DM us on Twitter at a pod of their own, or you can send it to our email address aa.apodoftheirown at gmail.com. Um, so just send us proof of your donation um, and then we'll enter you into the giveaway, um, which we will do the drawing for on February 23rd. So that's how you can get entered into the prize drawing. Um, mm-hmm. Yay! Um, 
so we will end the show um, like we do every week with walk-off wins where each of us talks about what is making us happy this week, baseball-related or otherwise. I think we're all pretty happy about <laughs> baseball yeah, this week. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's, Which we already talked about baseball. at the top of the show. Um, but let's see. So, uh, Linda Servich, what is your walk-off win for this week? I do have to say just one thing. Like, um, Dave Capobianco, like, screenshotted all our reactions, like, as the trade was going down. <laughs> and it was all like, oh, like, oh, my God, is this happening? Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then there's me sneaking in there with, is my man safe? <laughs> <laughs> Linda's Dave's still so thinking about not. J.D. Uh, like, totally on <laughs> Like, please tell me JD isn't involved. <laughs> so, yeah, like, when he showed the screenshots, like, I just got a little laugh about that. Like, of course, like, that was my first reaction. <laughs> um, but my walk-off win is actually hockey is starting this week. Um, because on New Year's, you know, during the the holiday season, you had your Christmas movies and you were distracted and your holiday schedule. But on New Year's, that's like hockey's day. Like they have the winter classic outside. It's like their big thing. Like every sport has their day. Like baseball is Fourth of July. Basketball is Christmas. Football is Thanksgiving. And like New Year's is hockey's. And on New Year's, there was nothing. And that was when... I really felt it. Like, I really, really missed it. And it's finally, finally starting again um, this week. And I also should say, Henrik Lundqvist needed open heart surgery, and he tweeted Ugh. that it went well. And he shared a little drawing of his daughter that his daughter oh. did of him. And it was so sweet. And I had a picture of his heart. And oh, my God. So, you know what? That's actually my walk-off win is Henrik Lundqvist is doing well. And hopefully will continue to do well because that's that was really scary and out of the blue. And, you know, I just he's done so much. Like, you know, he's he was a hockey god. But he did so much for the city of New York and away from the ice. He was so heavily involved in charity and, uh, you know, just he's just a really good guy. And, you know, that came out of the blue. And it seemed like he was so excited to, you know, get a fresh start in Washington, D.C. And that kind of got taken away from him. But, you know, his health is more important. And it seems like at least he's on the road to recovery. So... Godspeed, Henrik. We still love you. <laughs> and best wishes and, you know, feel better and get well soon. And, yeah, I just uh, hope that, you know, he's, everything's good and it stays good. But for now, it seems like it is. And everybody should see the little drawing his daughter did because it's so cute. Good guy goalie. Yeah. Good guy goalie. Goalkeeper. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Goalie's like more of a, of, of a soccer term. Football yeah. term. The real football. Keeper. Not catch, <laughs> not catch the pigskin. <laughs> um, Kellyanne Healy, what is your walk-off win for this week? Well, it's not as good as Linda's, but I just made level 40 in Pokemon Go today. Hell yeah! <laughs> I mean, like, so that's a huge achievement. I have yet to do that, so. I was so excited about that. Um, let's see. Do I have another one? I think I, I was like, well, I'm excited about Lindor. Um... I think that's a given. Yeah. No, my I won't lie. I just it's it's been a couple rough weeks. 
um, just because one of my jobs had to be shut down um, for the week just because one of my coworkers had uh, COVID and he straight had it. We know he had it. Um, so he's getting, he's better though, thankfully. Um, and we are back to work, which is great. Um, yeah. And those are my walk off wins level 40 Lindor and getting back to work. That's great. Cause yes. I miss work. I hope your coworkers I, feeling better. Yes. I, cause okay. if, if you don't know me, I really love my jobs as a, as, as a children librarian. I work at two different libraries right now. But I just, I love my jobs. I just do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm, and, I'm, and I'm very fortunate to be able to say that because I know a lot of yeah. people don't. So, yeah. Those are my walk-off wins. So my walk-off win is going to kind of start sad but then get happy. Um, so I feel like it's, it's almost been a, it, it, it's been a surreal, like, week and a half because... I live in I live in Washington DC for those of you who don't know and I live about a mile from the Capitol building and it's hard like I know that this isn't a politics podcast or anything but we talk about how sports don't happen in a bubble and they're affected by the bigger world around us and we had a huge major event happen um, last week. And so, um, right down the road from where I live, literally, it was terrifying. Um, so we had, you know, a group of terrorists storm the Capitol building right near where I live. Um, and it was pretty scary and it was a really sad day just for the country, um, and for our city, um, for a place that doesn't have proper representation in Congress and yet our citizens were terrorized by a group of insurrectionists. It's kind of messed up. Um, but what turns it into a walk-off win is that I just, I was really, really touched by the amount of support I got. Like, just the amount of, like, text messages out of nowhere from people I hadn't talked to in a while, some close friends, family, like, all across the spectrum of people I know just being like, hey, are you safe? Are you okay? And so just knowing that, like, when shit gets real, like, I have people that have my back is like pretty cool um and it's it's i it made me appreciate the people that i've the company i've chosen to keep and the people that i have in my life um and i'm just really grateful so thank you to everyone who was looking out for mine and michael's safety we are so grateful to you um we are safe um and we will remain so we live in a secured building luckily so like we live in an apartment like building so we have like a front desk that uh, has security and you know you have to like have a key to even get in the building in the first place so um we feel pretty safe uh but obviously you know dc is not out of the woods yet um the inauguration still has to happen um and there's threats of more violence so i'm just really really hoping that that doesn't come to pass and we never have to see anything like that ever again because like no matter like what you feel about the election results one way or the other like I think it's safe to say that that was the, that's not the answer. <laughs> um, no, especially no. And it, what I think just what really startled me about that was you had in the line of succession number vice, the vice president, the speaker of the house and the Senate pro tem all in there. And I'm just very thankful that nothing happened to all of them because that just could have set, 
a huge succession issue, um, even with a week less with a week and a half left. Um, and also, I was just very frustrated to see the Capitol building itself treated so poorly, yeah. just because it's such. Um, and I think that's like like so low in the scheme of things. I'm just glad that um, very few people were hurt. Um, it's very frustrating to see that a Capitol Police officer um, was beaten to death um, from the people that supposedly respect the cops. Yeah, mm. so much for Blue yeah. Lives Matter, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, but even just the, the historic nature of the Capitol, whether you feel good or bad about it, and I feel, of course, there's both in there, Um but it's just, it's the building that, one of the buildings that represents our democracy. And to see it come under attack like that was just horrifying and shocking. And I'm still not quite, it hasn't sunk in totally to me that there are people that claim to be patriots and would do that. Well, yeah. what so. killed me was 20 years ago, everyone died on Flight 93 to protect the Capitol. Yep. And 20 years later, terrorists walked in the front door. And, you know, they died protecting the Capitol from terrorists. And now here we are 20 years later with terrorists just walking in the front door. Yep. And I think that's what what broke me. Like, and... These are homegrown terrorists. These are exactly. these are Americans. These are these Americans. Are, these are supposed to be, you know, our fellow, you know, the United States of America, and it just—it's not. And I don't know how it's going to be going forward. But you know, but you know, this was walk-off wins, so I'm gonna yeah, sorry, add another I... one. Um, Eugene Goodman, <laughs> who basically saved the entire Senate, that one Capitol yes. officer, yes, um, who stared down the mob and <sighs> such grace under pressure to even realize how vulnerable everybody was, and it was seconds. It was, it was. He had just seconds to act. The mob was there. Yep, and he found a way to get them away, and it gave the Senate time to get away. Yep. So one man basically saved our democracy, which is kind of scary that our democracy is that fragile. Yes, but thank God for Officer Eugene Goodman, who everybody should know his name. Yep. Yes, Absolutely. and there were and there were two women and two staffers, and I'm sorry, I don't know their names i'm going to look them up right now but they pulled the boxes with the certified votes out of out of the senate chambers um before the terrorists could get to them which there are multiple copies of those certified votes but still um they had the presence of mind they had the presence of mind to grab them before anything bad could could happen to them and let me see if i can find their names because it was two women, and they were they were just amazing. And that's why I mean, like I know it's super corny, but if you think about the like the Mister Rogers quote, like always yes, look for the helpers. The helpers. Um, yes. Like even on our democracy's like darkest day, there's always people that are trying to help, um, yeah. which is something to be inspired about. Um, yeah. But I think that like thinking about like 
our generation, like uh, kind of tying it back to sports for and baseball for a second, but thinking about like our generation remembers like 9-11 and mm-hmm. the Mike Piazza home run after 9-11 and what that did. Um, and just kind of thinking about like, I don't know, it's kind of, it's a little bit of a like, this is how you grew up thinking about like, oh, this, this threat from the outside was able to unite the country, but what happens when the threat is us? Yeah. And I, seeing so much of the, this is not who we are rhetoric troubles me because that is a failure to reckon with the fact that this is who we are yes this is who this is a part of who we are this is our country and again bringing it back to sports like marcus stroman and others did so well to to articulate the fact that this is white supremacy in action this is what it looks like and we cannot shy away Mm. from that we cannot pretend that this is not who we are um and I hope that people realize that. And I hope that people realize that when Dominic Smith cries in response to, you know, the the continued slaughter of black bodies, that that black people and people of color have been telling us that this is who we are for a long time now. And I hope that people start to listen. Um, I hope that now that they have seen this, that they start to listen. Because our democracy depends on it. Yeah. Um, our democracy very much depends on it and it's in a very precarious state and i think that this showed just how fragile it really is so if if it doesn't bother them that a confederate flag flew oh my god that yeah and and that didn't even happen during the the civil Civil war War. this confederate flag never made it to the capital not only a confederate flag a flag with a swastika as well yep yep and lots of people with a number of people with shirts I for, referring to the Holocaust and saying that six million people wasn't enough. Um, oh yeah, like, it was a horrifying. Yeah, it was just hate, it like all heinous. gathered in one area, like heinous. This is and this if is that doesn't supremacy. disturb you, then I don't know. There's there's no hope for you then. No, this is white supremacy and evil at work, and I really hope that people that people take this seriously and realize how bad this is. Um, and so I know this is walk off wins, but again, I just, I am super grateful for the people in my life who are looking out for us and the helpers inside the Capitol, Eugene Goodman, those two women, there are always good people to look to and like people and athletes who are continuing to speak truth to power. The WNBA does not get enough credit. Yes, they were one of the first. For how they have continued to live social justice through their everyday actions. And we need to pay attention. And the other leagues need to emulate how they've been acting. And get Kelly Loeffler out of the fucking... Oh, God. Yes. Um, So, yeah. I just... I think that, like, you know, sports emulate life. And we should... We shouldn't shy away from talking about, you know, a literal armed insurrection that occurred. And we can hope that sports do their part to heal us and also to move us forward yes yeah and uh, just to just to go back um for a minute one of the women who rescued the certified votes was a 19 year old 19 wow. years old 19 years uh, her old. name is virginia brown um i can't find the other name just yet um i will find it and we'll put it in the show notes just because i think it is that important um the hero's 
deserve their names out there. Yes. Yeah, not the not the jerk asses. Yahoos. And not and not the fake and not the fake martyrs who died for a Trumpian cause. Ugh. We're not yeah. going to mention their names. They don't deserve to be named. But you know what? Heroes who died. And but I think it is a testament that so many uh, are now on no-fly lists. A lot of people are losing their jobs. A lot of people are getting arrested. Even though it wasn't immediate, it is still ongoing and happening. I saw a tweet today that was like, boomers told us not to post pictures, to untag ourselves <laughs> from pictures where we were drinking at college parties and they're, and they're live streaming themselves storming the Capitol. Yep. Like, how Literally. stupid. And pr- proud and proudly posing for pictures. Yeah. Or the one guy who wore his work ID. Like, Oh, my God. What an idiot. Oh, my God. They're just Are so dumb. <sighs> anyway. Um, so, yeah. Sorry to end the show on a somewhat mixed note, but I think it needed to needed to be mentioned because you yes. can't just pretend these things aren't happening. No. But baseball, we signed Francisco Lindor. But we signed Francisco Lindor. Yeah, that, that saved the week. It yes, really, right? really freaking did. I, I, it, I kept telling uh, people because it happened like 36 hours after the... Yeah. Um, so I kept telling people that like this was way too many emotions for me to feel in such a short period of time. I was like, yes. I am, I'm gonna shut down. I'm very overwhelmed. <laughs> but I anyway, on Friday, and I was like, it was my birthday last week. I <laughs> didn't like, even yeah. remember. I was like, it was honestly my birthday on Monday, and I don't remember it. I know, and I texted you the day after. I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Oh, I completely. <laughs> Oh, my God. And then, wait, what was the tweet? Here's another tweet. Oh, the Mets fans get a few minutes of respite and pure unadulterated joy today. Thank Dickie. Yep. Welcome, Lindor and Carrasco. Yeah, yeah. they saved us. They saved our week, really. It, it I really mean, did. And I, and I think that was, again, intentional. They saw, the team saw all that was going on, backed off. Because, like, imagine if they had released that news on, I think it was a yeah, Tuesday. They wouldn't know it was Wednesday. Yes. And Wednesday, it came off so much better just because everybody's, like, freaking out. And it's just this moment of, hey, I can pull away from this and enjoy something for a second. Yep. Well, even... You know, somebody asked Sandy and what he thought of everything. He was like, I was a Marine. Like, I defend democracy. He was like, it was awful. No, not only was it awful. He's like, I've been not happy with the past, the decisions over like the past couple of years. I was like, oh, my God, Sandy, I love you. And so, you know, Sandy's probably directly involved in the trade. So, of course, he knows we can't dump this news when our democracy's at stake. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, I th- I have a feeling like they were well into talks on Wednesday yes. or Tuesday, and then just didn't say anything until Thursday. Yep, that's probably true. But yeah, what a roller coaster of a week. Yeah, um, and that's why we had to record a <laughs> podcast on a week we wouldn't normally record. But um, we're very excited for our schedule coming up because we have some very exciting things in store for you guys. I already mentioned that on um that on February 23rd we're going to have our prize drawing um, later this month we're going to have Maggie back on for our next show that we're recording Yay! in two weeks um, so Maggie Maggie's going to be it's kind of going to be like a Linda a, a Linda Kellyanne Maggie like a mix of everyone for a while we're just going to like 
trade off. Kellyanne does some shows. Maggie does some shows. Um, so it, it, you never know what you're going to get. It's going to be great. Um, so we're going to have Maggie on in a couple weeks. And then um, we have a very special guest planned for Oh, my you guys. God. That was, that was my other walk-off That win. was your other walk-off win yeah. that we've, we've lined up a very special guest on February 9th. We're not going to tell you guys quite yet who it is, but we're very excited about it. Um, so just stay tuned. for that. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a, an exciting few weeks of podcasting that'll take us up till pitchers and catchers. So we can't wait um, to share that all with you. But in the meantime, you can go to amazingavenue.com. We've got coverage of every angle of the Lindor Carrasco trade that you can possibly want. Updated look at the rotation, updated look at the infield, the prospects that we sent over and what and uh, our minor league teams evaluation of those guys, what like all sorts we've written like many articles about at this point what a possible indoor extension might look like all your coverage over at amazingavenue.com so you can read about all of that and more um join kellyanne in the comment section she loves to yes, say please. hi to all of our all of our readers yes um, i do and can... there's pun threads all the time yes so many there's pun always threads. puns there's always puns <laughs> on amazing avenue um and you can follow amazing avenue on twitter facebook instagram at amazing avenue engage with us on all the social medias you can follow this show on twitter at a pod of their own you can follow linda and i on twitter linda is at linda serovich and i am at petite phd um you can join kellyanne in the amazing avenue comments as i mentioned and i, and I was gonna say i might come back to twitter after next wednesday we'll see we'll see We'll see. Keep us on the edge of our seats here. Yeah. Um, Maybe Kellyanne will come back to Twitter. Who knows? I was going to say next Wednesday we know is a very special day. We'll see. We'll see. see. Um, But yeah. So um, you you should also subscribe to Amazing Avenue Audio on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, Please subscribe, rate, and review the show. It really helps people find it. Plus, we have an entire suite of pods for you guys from the crew at Amazing Avenue that you should enjoy all of them. Um, The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. Francisco Lindor is on the Mets, so let's fucking go Mets. And don't forget, (laughs) there is no crying in podcasting. We'll see you guys in a couple.